Acts chapter 28, verses 14 to 31. There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they traveled as far as the Forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God, and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, Lord's Love Church. It is great to be with you guys this morning uh, and being able to worship God together, um, as always. And uh, for those of you who are new with us today, just want to say welcome. Uh, my name is Howard, and I'm the youth and young adults pastor here. And today we are actually finishing off uh, our series of uh, the Book of Acts, uh, Gospel in Motion. We started this book uh, in the beginning of the year, and now we are finally coming uh, to the end. And so today, it is my joy and honor to be able to um, share God's word with us all and to close off the sermon series. So hopefully it will be good. Um, but before I start, I just want to pray. So um, yeah, please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for so much for who you are, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for salvation, for the good news. And we thank you that we get to come here uh, 
uh, on this Sunday to, to hear your word together. And so, God, we want to lift up the word up to you today, Lord. We invite your spirit here uh, to be speaking to us, Lord, uh, and that your spirit would uh, enlighten us, enlighten our hearts, open up our hearts to receive your word, and, and may your spirit change and transform us. And so we lift this time up to you, Lord. This is your word, and we are ready to listen to it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this morning, I want to list out a few events that have occurred uh, recently and uh, in the past. And you guys may remember some of these things, but uh, there are both bad events and good events. So some of the bad ones would be uh, violence, right? Uh, there has been a lot of fighting, a lot of assault, random assault. Uh, there has been shooting. Uh, as you guys have heard last week or two weeks ago with the shooting in the elementary school. There's also discrimination or racism uh, with the black community or even with Asians, right? Asian hate because of COVID. There's invasion on Ukraine by Russia. And then in Vancouver or in Canada, right, there are some protests that are going on around uh, regarding gas, you know, protests about the climate change. And even last week, I think last week or two weeks ago, on June the 4th, 19, for the 1989 Tiananmen Square. And for Martin Luther King, right, back in the day, Martin Luther King, as we all know about his famous speech, I have a dream. So what do all these events have in common? People acted out in response to what they believe in. In other words, what you believe in, whether you're a Christian or not, whether it's something that is good or not, will determine how you will live your life. I'll say that again. What you believe in will determine how you will live your life. It will shape the way that you will live. Likewise, as we close off on the series of gospel in motion in the book of Acts, what we've, what we've been seeing, what we've seen was a group of early church believers who have heard the gospel and have been changed by Jesus. And what happens? In turn, they have dedicated their lives in spreading the gospel despite the chaos and the hardships that they have experienced, right? They believe in Jesus because they have experienced his love and his grace, and they've been changed by him. And so they, in turn, dedicated their lives. Who they believe in, right, changed the way that they live. And so their, their belief changed the way they live, and that's what we've been seeing in the book of Acts, the early church spreading the gospel, and it has been moving around. So if you may allow me to give, to allow me a few minutes to be able to give like a quick recap from the beginning of uh, Acts to uh, the end to today. So in the beginning of the day, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and people experienced the presence of God and people were speaking in tongues. And the Holy Spirit empowered uh, the believers. Peter preached probably his first message, the good news of Jesus, and people responded by asking, what shall we do? And in response, Peter said, repent, turn away from your sins, and be baptized. And after that, we see the unity of the church. The believers had everything in common. They, worship, they fellowshiped and worshiped God together daily. The apostles healed people in Jesus' name. Stephen was stoned because of his Christian faith. He was a martyr. Saul, who we all know, who per persecuted Christians, became a Christian after Jesus met him on the road. His name was changed to Paul, and as God calls him to become an apostle, and he began preaching the gospel. Some apostles were imprisoned because they preached the gospel, all because of the gospel and all because of Jesus, but they kept showing love and continued preaching. There were different rites because even for their teaching. And in the middle part of the, of the Acts, 
we see that the gospel eventually reached to the Gentiles when God connected Peter and Cornelius, who was a Gentile, together. They, they connected, united together, and the Gentiles began hearing the gospel. After that, Paul traveled to Thessalonica, Athens, Corinth, and Ephesus to preach about the good news of the kingdom of God. And then Paul makes his way to Jerusalem and then to Rome, where we are at today, where God has called him to testify about him. And the story of the early church ended in Rome. Uh, it's a really big book, and I encourage you guys, again, after we you know, finish the series, to read it on your own again, just to recap what has been happening, what, ha- what has happened. But throughout the narrative in Acts, we see how God was at work all along and how the Holy Spirit empowered the apostles to preach the gospel. Lives were being changed and the church grew. And this is why the theme of Acts is gospel in motion. It's being moved around. And so this morning, I want to suggest that the gospel in motion that's moving and spreading of the good news actually doesn't end in the book of Acts. We are called to, by God to keep loving and sharing the message of hope and the good news. Our job as Christians are not done yet, right? The spreading of the gospel was not done in the book of Acts. It continues on, and we are still part of God's kingdom work today. And so the big idea for today is that the gospel in motion will never stop until Jesus comes again. God calls us, his church, to keep spreading the gospel and pointing people to him. And he invites us to be part of that, of his kingdom work and to continue on that mission. And God is still at work. He's not done yet. His job is still there, and he, and he wants us to be part of it. And so um, this is what he has called us to, to be part of this amazing work, even when our circumstances are tough, even when life gets tough, even when we're being challenged with our faith, that we will still need to be answering that call to spread the gospel. So the first point I want to, uh, the first point for today is that God knows what he is doing in and through us even when our circumstances look problematic. God knows what he's doing in and through us even when our circumstances look problematic. So starting in Acts 21, we're going to go back a bit uh, to tw- uh, chapter 21. After we read, you know, Paul being in Ephesus, uh, God spoke to Paul and commanded him to take courage because he will testify about him in Jerusalem and in Rome. And so, despite every, and so we see that all this whole uh, uh, Paul's journey came to the end in Rome. And despite everything that Paul went through, God indeed brought him safely to Rome to continue his mission work. Even though Paul was in prison, even though people accused him, even though he went through many different trials, Paul was still got to, uh, still got to Rome safely because God was with him. So God knows what He is doing in and through us as well, even when our circumstances look problematic. So Paul's journey, starting in verse 21, he was accused of three things, teaching everyone everywhere against his own people and the law. Second, being a troublemaker. And by troublemaker, they're actually describing him as one who stirred up riots. And the third, it says in verse 24, uh, chapter 24, that he was accused of being a ring leader of the Nazarene sect. Nazarene was a name that, was give, uh, that the Jews gave him, which pretty much meant Christian. So Nazarene sect means 
a Christian party or a group. So they were accusing him of that. And so after that, people planned to plan ways to kill uh, Paul, and then that, and then the, some of the commanders had to transfer Paul away so that he wouldn't be killed. And then he went through different trials, and all of his different trials. What he's been trying to do was to prove his innocence. I have done nothing wrong. And yet the Jewish leaders continued to try to get rid of him. And then this is why Paul wanted to go to Rome, because people were accusing of him, and he thought that Rome would be the best place to be able to continue to preach the message of God and that people would see his innocence. So let's read chapter, uh, chapter 28, verse 17 to 20. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. This was Paul already in Rome. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, my brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. So Paul, three days later, met up with the local Jewish leaders. He's going to give this one last shot, right? And then when, he assembled, when they all came together, he was saying, Noah, all along, in all my trials, I've actually done nothing wrong. Even I was given to the Roman soldiers, to the Roman government, and they also examined me, and they found no fault in me, and they released me because they didn't see anything wrong in me. But then the Jews continued to object this. They still did not believe and still accused me of doing wrong. And so that is why I made an appeal to Caesar. Like, this is why I'm coming to Rome and to tell, to talk to you guys about it. And lastly, he says, it is because of the hope of Israel, meaning the good news of Jesus Christ, that I am bound with this, train, uh, this chain. Meaning that it's because of Jesus and the gospel, what I've experienced and what God has called me to do. This is why I continue to do what I do. That even though I've been in prison, that, and even though I've been going through different uh, uh, trials to, you know, prove my innocence, I continue to do what I do because God has called me to it, because of the hope of Israel that I want to keep preaching about. And so what happens? In response, they replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of the people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. So in other words, you know what, like, we actually haven't received any letters and um, we haven't really heard much, so we're going to give you a shot. Um, and so, 22, but we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect, meaning this Christian group. So what they're saying is, you know what, all we heard is just that there are rumors about what is going on with you. So we actually want to give you a chance. So please speak and share what your views are and why you are being accused. And so the gospel, right, this is where Paul, um, and actually before that, the, the, this, I just want to summarize this whole thing from verses 21 to now. Because the final summary says that Paul finally made his way to Rome, right, and to make an appeal. And I think likewise for us, in our lives, things might seem difficult, right? We go through different trials and sufferings in our lives. But the point of this is that even though things may seem problematic for us, we are never alone. That God is with us every step of the way. He is with you and he knows what he is doing. And I think that's the thing that we need to trust God in. 
it's like in the midst of the chaos in our lives, we need to trust that God knows what he's doing in and through us. Whether it's seasons of pruning, whether it's seasons of healing or restoration, and even though it hurts, and even though we don't know how long it'll be, that at the end of the day, we got to trust that God is with us. And so this is why we believe in Jesus. We believe in the gospel because the gospel is a powerful message that actually creates a reaction out of us. We will see later on in this text, some will believe in Jesus when they hear the message of hope and others will actually choose to turn away, saying things like, this is not for me. And you may have heard your friends or family members say this, or I don't believe in the gospel, in Jesus. But the point I think right here in the next session that we're going to points to this one thing. My second point is that our response to the gospel determines the direction of our lives. In other words, how we respond to the gospel, whether we receive it or reject it, whether we give our lives to Jesus in the everyday of, uh, way of our lives or we choose not to or we live the way that we want, determines how we will live our lives. And so Paul's heart for these people was that they would know Jesus and the good news and that they would be changed by him and to live for him. So in this next session, Paul continues his role as a witness of God and to preach the gospel. But what it uh, but what is said here seems to indicate that our response to the gospel actually matters. It matters so much. And unfortunately, some people believe while others do not. So let's read chapter uh, verses 23 to 28. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning to evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets. He tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. So right here we see, you know, like Paul had a really long day from morning to night. He was preaching about the kingdom of God and about Jesus. And what was the end result? Even though he preached the truth, he spent the time to explain the good news to them. Some were convinced, some accepted, and some rejected. And there's the point that I kind of want to make here um, is that at the end of the day, no matter how many times and how the gospel or the truth is being explained, us as human beings still have the capability to reject the truth we still have the capability to reject the truth. That we still have a choice whether we want to accept it as truth or we reject it, the, reject the truth. And, and unfortunately, there are times when we explain the gospel to people and even in the best way possible, they may say that, yeah, like, God exists, I believe that. But at the end of the day, they'll still be like, this is not for me. So at the end of the day, they'll still reject the truth. And so this is what happened right here in this context right here is what the Jews were experiencing. And this is why Paul references the prophet Isaiah back in, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. When he was commissioned by God, Isaiah was commissioned by God to give a warning to Israel. Because back then, this, is, this was what the Jews were doing in response to the gospel, even back then. And so Paul is saying, you are living like your ancestors. You're becoming like them. You are rejecting the truth. Verse 25, they disagreed among themselves 
and began to leave Paul after he made this final statement. So as soon as Paul started this next statement, they began to leave. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through the prophet Isaiah, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their ears uh, with, uh, see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and t- in turn, I will heal them. I want to give a quick explanation about this passage right here from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. And it may seem that this passage right here, this prophecy right here, was God actually on purpose to harden people's heart, be like, uh, Bobby, I'm going to harden your heart so that you're not going to believe in him, and Susie, you're, you're going to believe in him. That's not what God is doing here. It might seem like God is doing it purposefully, but this prophecy does not mean that God purposely make them harden their hearts and not believe, but to actually warn them, warn them about the possibility that if they continue on rejecting him and choose not to repent, to choose not to turn away from their sins, then they will end up in a place of no return, that their hearts will be, become so hardened, so hard that they would not be receiving him and the gospel. And it is possible for those who choose not to repent, to not turn away from their sins. And so this prophecy, this message right here that God uh, commissioned Isaiah to preach to Israel back then, is like God was actually acting on his sovereignty because that's what he foresaw a long time ago what happened to his people in the future when they keep rejecting him. While Israel wasn't able to foresee that, they think, oh yeah, I can just believe in God later. I'll just serve these idols. Whatever the, the, gratif- uh, the, the cravings that I get to have right now, I'm just going to worship them. But God is like, no, you keep rejecting me now. At the end of the day, there will be that one time where your heart will be so hardened that even when the truth is presented to you, you're not going to receive it. And again, Paul's references to them, saying, stop being like your ancestors. The gospel has been presented in so many different ways. Lives have been changed. Come and believe. But some still did not. And that's why Paul concludes in verse 38. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. This is Paul, Paul is saying this. Not, when Paul said this, he is not saying that the Jews can never come back to God. No, that's not what he's saying. But he's saying that the, that the message of the gospel will now be passed forth pass forward to the Gentiles. The message of the gospel of Jesus first actually came to the Jews. That was God's mission. Jesus' mission was to present the kingdom of God to the Jews and then later on to the Gentiles. But because the Jews have rejected it, now the message is being passed on to the Gentiles. And so Jesus, and then Paul says, because then they will respond. They will listen to the message and will receive it. So the point of this is to be careful to not reject God and his truth. To not say to God that even as Christians, we need to be careful to not say to God that I want to live the way that I want. Because in that sense, we are actually rejecting God's truth, rejecting and disobeying God. And I want to be clear, this is speaking to people. This, this part is speaking to people who chooses not to repent. 
who chooses not to turn away from their sins. Either they ignore the sins in their life, not admitting that they are sinful, or those who love their sins and do not see it as an issue. And after this part, after this, Paul continues to preach the gospel even when he was in house arrest and he didn't stop. And this next point that I want to say, I believe, actually I learned, and, and I, I learned from Daryl Johnson actually from uh, the preaching course. He actually mentioned a bit about this passage and I believe in it. Um, that this concludes this one big message of Acts. And this big message is this, that if you want to see the church grow, meaning the capital C church, not just our church, but church in general, we want to see more people coming to Christ, we got to keep preaching. We got to keep spreading the gospel wherever we are at, wherever God has placed us to be. So we want to be part of God's kingdom. We want to see the church grow. Guys, keep being missional. This is what we've been called to do that we're not just called to come to church on Sunday and to worship God here. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great to be here to worship God together, but we are also sent on a mission daily outside in the places that God has called us to be in our workplace with our friend group, you know, with our family, with those who don't, haven't believed yet, and even in our schools, right? In all these different areas in our lives, we are called to be sharing God's love. So even though Paul was in prison for two years, he welcomed all who wanted to see him, and he continued to teach them about Jesus. So for two years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So after Paul said all these things, you know, he was in a rented house, People still came to him. He's like, please come. Let me tell you more about Jesus. Even though he was still in house arrest. And so the book of Acts ends on Paul preaching here, but it doesn't end for us. That we continue on the mission. Because the gospel in motion never stops. It keeps going until we see Jesus again. And even for us as followers of Jesus, I want to make this point as well, is that we also need to hear the gospel preached to us from time to time, or that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves from time to time, so that our hearts are aligned back to God's heart, and that we can be able to overcome the struggles of our sins. I'm going to end off soon, but I want to ask you guys some questions. In your life, how has the gospel been in motion for you? How has the gospel been moving in the life of others, in, the, in, in your life? How have, you know, have you been using opportunities to point people to Jesus, even when it's hard? I'm not saying that every single time, you know, you got to go be like, repent and be saved type of thing, you know. But to just share your life, right? Tell people, hey, like, you want to come to church with me? Or be like, or, or even in your conversation, you tell people that, you know, Come hang out with my church friends. Even small things to talk about church or to bring the word church in there. These are small ways to also plant the seeds and for them to be curious about. And this is not to girl trip everyone, anyone because it is a, a hard thing to invite people. So that, this is why we come to church. We learn to support one another and to uh, urge each other to invite others to come to church or to hear about Jesus because everyone needs to hear about the gospel. 
uh, this week I went to a uh, high school grad, and um, and there was, you know, as you know, grads, there are many, there's so many different speeches. Um, and so um, and a bunch of these speeches all have this one thing in common that they were saying. And a bunch of these people with teachers, you know, principals, they said this one thing, you can make this world a better place. You can make this world a better place. And I thought, Okay, I'm not being critical. I'm just thinking deeply, like, can we? Can we actually make this world a better place? Like, as human beings, we are sinful, right? Like, like I mean, like, this world is filled with war, violence, hatred, racism, discrimination, hurt, pain, brokenness, just to name a few. So with our sins, are we able to make this world a better place? And I question this. And I question this, and I think deeply, and I want you to know that the, the reason why I'm thinking about this is not me saying that the high school people cannot do this. Students cannot make this world a better place. I'm not saying that we can never make this world a better place. I think we can make this world a better place. But it actually doesn't start with us. It starts with Jesus. And that's the whole reason why Jesus came to earth, to, to be on a mission, to tell people about the kingdom of God because there's so much brokenness and sin and pain in this world. And so without Jesus, it says in John that Jesus says without him, without being aligned with him, we can do nothing. So without Christ, we can't make this world a better place. But we are able to make this world a better place because of Jesus and what he already has started. And the thing about this is that Jesus invites us to be part of his plan. He invites us to be part of his kingdom work, to make this world a better place, to be part of the restoration plan so that people who are broken, who are suffering, who are in pain, who are hurt, can experience the hope of Christ in their lives, that they will be changed, that they will experience his love. And the great thing is we get to be part of this. And so this is why we don't just come to church to worship God, but that we come and we grow together and encourage one another to be part of this mission and to go out and to be commissioned by God to go and tell people. I think that's actually when we can actually slowly make this world a better place. And so this is why we got to keep preaching the gospel. We got to keep sharing the gospel. And before I end this off, this message, I, want to, I, I hope that this will bring some encouragement in your life. For those of you who have been inviting friends to church or telling them about Jesus, I just want to encourage you to keep up the good work because it's not easy. And even when it's tough, I want to encourage you to not lose hope, to keep inviting. Even if they say no, the next time or the other times, to keep inviting and just leave it up to them. I want to share this passage from Romans. Chapter 1, verse uh, 16. This is Paul writing. Um, this is Paul writing in, in Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. 
So in other words, it is the gospel, it is the good news of Jesus that has the power to save people. Not us, or not the words that we say or use. Truly, it's, it's ultimately when we share the gospel, it's, it's the words of the gospel, of the good news, and Jesus himself that changes people, that saves people. So what I'm trying to say is that we, are, we as Christians are only called to point people to Jesus, to plant that seed, and God makes them grow. So our responsibility is just to tell people about Jesus. It's not our responsibility to make them grow. Leave that work to God. So even no matter how many times you've shared the gospel with your family members or friends, and even though it doesn't seem like there's change, I want to encourage you, there is still hope. The hope is not in you. The hope is in Jesus. You're only called to keep sharing the gospel to point people to Jesus, and then God will do the rest. So I want to encourage you guys to keep doing it wherever that you are at. And if you have the heart and God, you feel like God is calling you to invite people because God will do his work in his timing. And so if you are ever facing doubts or fear of rejecting, of rejection, of spreading the gospel, I hope that this encourages you. Know that when people reject the message of the gospel or the church, they are not rejecting you. They are rejecting God. And so leave the rejection up to God. The only thing that you can focus on is, to, is finding opportunities to plant the seed and to pray for them. So remember, it is the gospel itself and itself that has the power to bring salvation to those who believe so don't lose heart so the gospel was in motion throughout the book of acts again just to conclude it doesn't stop there we continue on this mission that jesus has placed a long time ago so may you know and trust that that we are only called to plant seeds no matter how much we want to see people grow uh, we want to see people know Jesus, but leave this responsibility to God in his timing. So while we are waiting for God to do his work, let's keep preaching the gospel and spreading the gospel and continue to partner with God's kingdom work until Jesus comes again. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace and your faithfulness. And, and God, we acknowledge there's just so much pain and brokenness in this world. We can't fix anything. We can't restore anything unless you come first and you did come already. And you have invited us to be, this, to be part of this mission to, to keep spreading the gospel. So Heavenly Father, I, I, invite, I pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to work in each one of our hearts right here in this congregation and even in the church in general outside of here that us as followers of christ would would be part and, and be willing to be part of the mission that you have called us to to be part of your kingdom work to do amazing and good things in this world and it starts with you and we want to answer that call and follow you so may you continue to lead and guide us so thank you god for continuing to be faithful when we are not faithful that you love us even when we reject you we thank you so much for your grace. And may we be transformed from this good news and, and, and be empowered by your spirit to live out our faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.